Well, good evening, Family Church Heaven. Welcome to Sunday Night Local. Hope you've had a brilliant day, whatever you may have been up to, and whether you're watching this live tonight at 8 p.m. on Sunday evening, or maybe you're catching up with us a little bit later on. I hope that this finds you well, and thank you for joining in, and thank you for all the feedback uh, that we get to Sunday Night Local. Uh, we've had a good day this morning. We, again, had the kids into the Empower Centre Haven, and that's gone real well with uh, the Kids Church programme. And of course, we had a great message from Pastor Andy talking about discipleship and our aims when we gather again, which is coming up on the 27th of June. And we're really expectant and excited about that date. I just want to say a massive thank you to every single person who's filled out one of those gather and build forms that you've heard us talking about endlessly over the last three weeks. But they've been important in order to um, get ourselves to a position where we can start church in strength and specifically our Sunday mornings in strength. So a big thank you uh, to those who have filled out one of those forms. It's made a massive difference to what we can do. We're going to dive into the Word of God uh, this evening. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn them to Ephesians chapter 6 or scroll to your phone to Ephesians chapter 6 in the Bible app or however you're consuming the Word of God this evening. Um, just get to Ephesians chapter 6 and we're continuing our series on the armour of God. This is week three of the four weeks that we're doing on this teaching. And remember, we are talking about the fact that we are spiritual people living in a spiritual world facing spiritual battles. Now, we don't need to get weird about that. We don't need to be fearful about it. But we do need to live in the reality that there is a spiritual realm all around us and a spiritual battle that's going on all around us. But we have been equipped with everything that we need through the armour of God, that God gives us his very own armour um, to wear in this battle that we find ourselves in and that we are starting from a place of victory for our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember we, we talked about in our introductory week a couple of weeks ago that we said we're not to waste time striving to win a victory that's already been won for us. Jesus Christ has already won the victory, amen? And our role is to enforce that victory or to stand our ground that Jesus has purchased um, for us. And we already, every day that you wake up, you are already victorious on that day and uh, for the day ahead. And so we have been equipped with everything that we need to live an overcoming life through the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, uh, Mark Ward did a brilliant job talking about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And thank you, Mark, for that input. Um, just great teaching. And I love uh, what he underlined again, that this isn't just a, a series of teachings we're doing for the sake of it. This isn't a nice way to spend Sunday evenings that we're just ticking the box and saying, oh yeah, we'll do a nice little study on the armour of God. This is real life. And this is vitally important to our Christian walk. And I love how Mark brought that out and the different analogies that he used of um, everyday or normal battles, of physical battles that um, armies went through and brought it into a spiritual context. And uh, the, the, the essence of truth and the emphasis on truth, that actually we can't live in freedom if we don't actually understand truth. Many people aren't living in true freedom because they're not living in the truth. And so it's so important that we're wearing the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And tonight we're going to look at two um, other facets of the armour of God. So Ephesians chapter 6 is our focus. We're reading from verses 10 um, to 18. Let's read together. It says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. 
For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece. Remember we highlighted that, not just the bits that you fancy wearing. Put on every piece of God's armour, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of a breastplate of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up a shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on, the sal- put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So we're to stay alert that we are in a spiritual battle, a great and vital bit of scripture. Tonight we're going to focus in on verses 15 and 16. We're going to focus in on the shoes and on the shield. So let's look at verse 15. It says this, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully Prepared. The NIV tells us to have our feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The Amplified tells us to strap on our feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. So let's think firstly tonight about these shoes and what their purpose is and how we're to use them in our everyday lives because I don't know about you, but when I think of armour, very often, you know, the, the shoes or the belt would almost be an afterthought. Like the other things we may think of first, the, the helmet, the sword, the shield, those are the things that you probably think of when you think of armour. But shoes are vital because not only would a soldier look pretty daft if he was wearing all the armour but was just being completely barefoot, um, but also we need to understand that shoes have a vital practical role in this, that going into battle without footwear would cause you serious pain. And in the context of a scripture that we're looking at, would cause you to not be firm fitted, would enable the enemy to be able to overcome you, it would lessen your ability to stand your ground. Now, for probably 99.9% of us, we've probably never stepped foot onto a physical battlefield. Maybe you're watching this or you listen to this and you say, actually I have because I served in the military here or there or wherever it might be. But for the vast majority of us, we've never stepped foot onto a physical battleground. Yet we all know in one way or another through um, different forms in life, we all know what it's like to walk barefoot somewhere and to feel the pain of it. I think of if you've ever been a parent of young children, maybe you're a parent of young children now or you remember years gone by, if you've ever stepped on a piece of Lego, ouch, the pain, the indescribable pain that you can feel just by standing on a piece of Lego, or maybe you've ever you stepped uh, a foot on onto a plug that was, you know, three prongs and you've stepped onto that, you know the pain of that. Maybe you uh, know the pain of being at the seaside and on a pebbly beach and walking on that and it's almost like you're walking um, in a way that's, you know, walking gingerly trying to avoid different stones and sharp edges or maybe even on a sandy beach remember a few years ago when we went to Italy on holiday and the sun would beat on the sand and during midday or around that time when the sun was at its hottest if you stepped onto that sand 
without having you know flip-flops on or something like that you could burn the soles of your feet <laughs> the pain that you can feel and so all of us in one way or another in different areas of life through different experiences maybe you've stepped on a thorn bush or whatever it might be we know what it's like to be barefoot and to have that pain and so as a soldier going out to battle if you were going to battle barefoot you would feel the pain of everything that was underneath your feet no matter how hard your skin got no matter how firm you were you would be in a position where you wouldn't want to be fighting a battle barefoot think about it the enemy is advancing there's fiery arrows firing all around you there's confusion in the camp and you're thinking about where you're going to stand you don't want that when you're about to face a battle so ultimately being without footwear would affect your ability to fight. It would affect your ability to stand your ground. Footwear would enable you to step freely and without fear while we turn our attention to the battle that is at hand. So think about that. What is the gospel of peace got to do with our footwear? How is the gospel of peace our footwear in this context? Now remember, the word gospel simply means good news. That's what it means in the original language good news in terms of the sacrifice of Jesus and the death, burial and resurrection that enables us to experience new life. That is the gospel. And a vital part of the gospel is the peace that we now have with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and the Amplified says this, Therefore, since we have been justified, that is we've been acquitted of sin, we've been declared blameless before God by faith and what, what an amazing experience for that is our portion we've been acquitted of sin we've been declared blameless before God since that's happened and we've been justified by faith let us grasp the fact that now we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him for our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah the anointed one so we have peace with God because we've been justified through our faith that is the good news of the gospel. And throughout scripture, the New Testament, the gospel is referred to a number of different things, isn't it? It's referred to as the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of grace, the gospel of peace. And yet we know that it's just one gospel. There's not many different gospels around. These aren't different gospels. This is just one gospel. We understand that. We know that. And the gospel brings us peace. But notice it doesn't just say the shoes of the gospel of peace. It doesn't say just put on your feet the shoes of the gospel of peace. It says more than that. In the New King James Version, it says this, having shod your feet, shod just means putting on footwear, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, when you look into that word preparation, it speaks of a foundation, the foundation. So the gospel of peace is literally your firm footing. When you are stood on the gospel of peace, you know that you have a firm foundation because actually in reality, it's nothing to do with you, it's nothing to do with me, it's all to do with Jesus. It's all to do with his perfect sacrifice and not what we can bring to the table in our own ability. We are standing on a firm footing when it's all about Jesus. Now remember, throughout this teaching, as Mark talked about, as I've spoken about so far as well, Paul is drawing reflections from a Roman soldier, isn't he, in the armour that the Roman soldier would have worn but then he's talking about how that spiritually applies to us as believers who will find ourselves in this spiritual battle so when we talk about the roman soldier it's good for us to understand historically uh, for context reasons that then speaks into what paul is saying spiritually it's important for us to understand that that footwear that they were wearing it wasn't a pair of you know plastic crocs 
It wasn't uh, a pair of flip-flops that they wore to the beach. These shoes would have had underneath them spikes or nails that would enable them to stand firm, that would enable them to be sure-footed. And they could walk in these shoes for miles upon miles without pain. And then they would have the ability, because of these nails that would grip into the ground, to stand firm in battle, but also to stamp upon the energy of the enemy when they began to push them back. In fact, many historians believe that the whole reason that Alexander the Great and different leaders like that were able, Julius Caesar, were able to win so many victories was partly because of the shoes that the army wore. Now let's bring that into spiritual context for a moment. Remember what we recapped from uh, week one, that our main aim in this battle is to stand firm is to stand our ground that Jesus has already won for us. Paul talks about that a couple of times in these verses. He says, stand your ground, stand firm. How many of you know that if you're wearing footwear that won't enable you or help you to stand firm, it's not easy to fight a battle when you're constantly slipping. And the truth is when we take comfort from the gospel of Jesus Christ and more than that, we make it our firm footing, our foundation, we begin to stand firm. Suddenly there's nothing that can knock us back. Suddenly there's nothing that can knock us sideways. That we get to a place where the enemy cannot push us back, nor can he get us to be in retreat. In fact, we begin to live in the truth of John chapter 16 verse 33 that says that Jesus has overcome the world and so that we have nothing to fear from it. When we wear these shoes, we're standing firm because we know our position in Christ. That brings us peace. John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Here's a question I want to ask you tonight. Are you more often troubled or are you more often at peace? Think about that for a moment. In a given week, in a given month, are you more often troubled thinking about this or that or what other people um, are doing? Um, are you thinking about your finances, your health, your career, and you're constantly worried about these things? Or are you standing firm untroubled? Peace enables us to stand our ground. The gospel enables us to stand our ground. And that doesn't mean that we deny what's going on around us, but we understand, as I've been saying, that God has fitted us with everything that we need to live in victory. Think about it in the context of natural wars and natural peace. Peace is something we speak about when there's an absence of conflict, right? If we're in a time of peace, it means that there's no natural wars going on around us. We need to understand that spiritually, that's different. But we can be in the midst of battle, Battles can be raging all around us and yet we still experience peace because our peace isn't found in the absence of conflict. Our peace is found in our relationship with God through his Holy Spirit. Paul is saying in this moment that we will go through trials and tribulations and difficult seasons, but the gospel of peace, the preparation, the foundation of the gospel of peace enables us to stand firm no matter what is going on around us. Romans 8 verse 18 says this, for I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to compare with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. But we understand we can keep going knowing that what awaits us is greater than anything that we could ever suffer in this world.
the shoes. We're to wear the shoes. And then we come to verse 16 and it talks about the shield of faith. And NLT says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The Amplified puts it this way. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because up until this point, Paul has been talking about the armour of God in the terms of what we wear. He says, put on the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Put on those things. And yet when it comes to the shield of faith, he's saying this is something that we need to take up. This is something that we need to raise, to lift up, to hold up. So just strapping it to your arm and wearing it isn't going to do you any good, right? It's not something that you just wear. It's something that you actively need to raise up for it to do something in your life. Think about that in the context of what we're talking about spiritually, the shield of faith. You can have faith, but the question is, are you using faith? You can say, I have saving faith. I believe in Jesus. I'm a born again believer. I go to church. I'm part of this team or that team. I read the Bible. Those are all well and good. They're important things. But the difference is, do we have faith or are we choosing to use faith on a daily basis? Because you can have a shield, but are you actually using that shield to not only protect, but also to advance? I believe those are important questions to be asking ourselves. Now, the Roman shield at the time that Paul was writing, which remember he's taken inspiration from these things and then bringing a spiritual perspective, was called a scutum, S-C-U-T-U-M. And this type of shield was huge. It was as large as a door. It would cover up the entirety of the soldier. It would protect them from head um, to toe. It brought great protection, but also the shield wasn't just defensive, as I just touched upon. It would also enable them to push back the opposition as they came against them. So you instantly see the comparisons that Paul's making here in the context of faith. Now let's just park the shield just for a moment, because I want to look at a wider analogy when it comes to this, just for a moment. You see, when the soldiers would fight as a group, let me just highlight this for a moment, what they would do is they would hold up their shield, all of them, and they would walk in this formation, which was called the phalanx formation. And they would stand shoulder to shoulder. Maybe you've seen um, riot police um, stand shoulder to shoulder with their shields and they would push back uh, maybe different crowds or things like that. In Roman times, they would form this formation called a phalanx formation. And they would not only have shields in front of them, but above them as well to protect them completely all around. And this would be uh, called uh, a testudo, which is the fort of a tortoise shell. Now, here's, here's a picture that I've printed out of this. This is a testudo as people stood in a phalanx formation. Now, as, as a context to what I want to, to share with you, not just historical um, stuff, just for knowledge. But this was really helpful because um, if we remember what we taught about in Nehemiah in our study of uh, building the walls and we looked at that, remember the walls would be very high up and people would defend the city by standing on the walls and firing arrows at the uh, army that was coming against them. And so the arrows would come and they would try and, and hit into the crowd. Yet when they were in this formation, this phalanx formation, it would stop the enemy from being able to impact them. Listen, I look at this picture and I see a great picture of the church spiritually. That as we stand side by side together in a phalanx formation, we are strong. It's interesting that I was thinking about these things and Pastor Andy actually touched upon them this morning. That there's a lot of um, 
teaching or thinking going around today, especially in this time of COVID uh, and all that we've experienced where we've been disconnected for a season where people are saying, I don't need the church anymore. It's just me and God. That's all that I need. Listen, that is foolishness. It's deception. It's unbiblical. Don't miss hear what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't worship um, outside of a Sunday morning. Of course, I'm, that's not what I'm saying because we should be people who worship in spirit and in truth. We should be people who are daily living lives of worship. Remember, worship is not just about singing songs. Worship is about who we are in the workplace, who we are in our neighborhood, who we are as we raise our children. That is a form of worship, a way that we live our daily lives. Also, we should, of course, have private prayer life. We should have times in the audience of one, our secret garden experience between us and our Heavenly Father. So, of course, we have a personal, ongoing, daily, intimate walk with God. But also, the Bible clearly teaches that there's a need for people to come shoulder to shoulder and take their place in the body of Christ. And that when we do, we stand together strong in a form of defense, but also in a form of attack, that we can push back the enemy and take ground for the kingdom of God. Listen to these verses in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 to 12. And this is written by Solomon. Remember, it's a wisdom book. And he puts it this way in terms of not going it alone. Verses 9 to 12 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I want to encourage you in this season where maybe you've been disconnected to make sure you remain connected to a body of believers. To me, this is a great picture of church. This is a great picture of your connect group. Let's stay connected and remain strong. So the shield of faith was something that people would use individually. They'd use together as a group, as an army. And Paul says the shield is there not only to protect you, but more than that, it will extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. Now let's just think about those fiery darts, those flaming arrows for a moment. In these days, the way that you would attack your enemy would be with these arrows and they would have metal tips. And what they would often do is they would put tar around this metal tips and just before firing them, they would light that tar and send those arrows into the opposition camp. And they would fire a whole load of them very quickly. Maybe you've seen this in some sort of movies. They would fire these very quickly. And the idea behind that was not only obviously to injure their enemy, but also to cause confusion, to have darts coming from all different directions. And it would cause panic and fear and, and, and just total confusion in that moment. Think about that in the context of your life today. Every day, Satan is firing arrows, fiery arrows into your life in a number of different ways. Thoughts, feelings, imaginations, emotions, fears, lies. All these things can be things that Satan uses and hurls your way. He'll fire an arrow of fear, of temptation, of hurt, of offense, of anger. In fact, what I've learned 
as a person myself and following Jesus Christ myself, but also pastoring different people over a number of different years, is that the enemy always knows where to fire where you are most vulnerable. He knows how to attack you the best that he can. And he'll try anything to get you to disobey God. He'll try anything to, to break up your union with God and with other believers. He'll try anything to disunify the church. He'll try anything to throw an arrow of temptation in the area of lust or greed or pride or insecurity or revenge. He'll fire an arrow of anxiety and fear. He'll fire an arrow of ill health and attacks upon your medical well-being. But think about it. The only time that that arrow can hit you is when you lower your shield. When you're going it alone. When you choose not to take up your shield of faith. When we stop believing that God is in control. When we stop believing that he knows what he's doing. When we stop believing his truth. When we start living according to the opinions of this person or these people. Instead of living according to the biblical model for life. When we start to live from a place of self-righteousness. And making our faith about us and what we can achieve. Rather than what Jesus has achieved on our behalf. And no doubt as you listen to me tonight. Or you're listening to this on Catch Up. There are darts that the enemy is throwing at your life right now. I, I don't know what they are, but you do. I know what they are in my life. And it probably doesn't have to take you long to think about what those fiery darts may be and how the enemy is coming against you. But God has given us a shield. A shield of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. As we spoke about last year in detail and remember right at the very beginning it feels like a very long time ago now doesn't it but right at the very beginning of Sunday Night Local last July we started and we did a whole series on faith and they're all available for you to watch uh, again and remember what we talked that faith is more than just a feeling to have faith is to believe God think about the words used here by the writer of Hebrews substance is concrete substance is concrete evidence is solid proof. Faith is not an emotion based on feelings. It's a reality based on God and his truth. I read this this week in preparation when I was just preparing and studying. I came across this sentence. It says this, faith, in the context of a shield of faith, faith means application of what we believe as an answer to everything that the devil hurls at us. So when we take up the shield of faith, what we're doing is everything we have believe to be true by faith, everything we know of God's truth, we're taking it up and we're using it as a response. We're applying what we know by faith in answer to everything that the enemy tries to throw at us, all the things that we've just touched upon a moment ago. So when the enemy comes with that fiery lie, when he comes with that arrow, that dart, that lie, we respond in faith with God's truth. But as Mark spoke on, we can only respond in truth when we know the truth. Think about Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus is led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, but then he's tempted by the enemy. The enemy comes with his fiery darts, with his fiery arrows. Jesus is able to respond with truth and hold up a shield of faith that extinguishes these darts because he knows the truth. He knows scripture. So what are we to do? We're to read God's word. We're to read God's word. It's not 
rocket science, we're to read it, we're to believe it, we're to trust in it, we're to seek God's truth, we're to respond to God's truth, we're to obey God's truth, not just the bits you like, but the bits that challenge you as well. And the word enables us to resist the devil. The Bible says when we resist the devil, he will flee. But also that shield of faith enables us to extinguish the lie that the enemy is trying to throw right into the very depth of your soul and your spirit. I want to encourage you to not be knocked over by the enemy. I want to encourage you to have a firm footing. As the Apostle Paul encouraged the church to stand firm in this battle that we find ourselves in. How do we do that? We do it by knowing, by experiencing and by living in the strength of the gospel of peace. We do it by holding up on a daily basis our shield of faith, not just experiencing faith or having faith, but using faith on a daily basis by using the truth of God's word, by using the knowledge of who God is, by by coming together with other believers and, and standing firm in formation day by day, week by week, month by month. Again, I want to underline what Mark said last week. This isn't a nice study that we're doing just for the sake of it. This isn't something we thought, okay, let's do these on Sunday nights, that will fill four weeks. Now, this is vitally important to your life. And I hope that you're hearing the, the seriousness with which we're sharing these messages, but the hope that is within it. Because we walk around so often with ignorance of what God has blessed us with. God has given us everything that we need for life in Godliness. God has equipped us with his armour that enables us to stand firm. Yet if we're walking in ignorance, we can be in a place where we succumb to the attacks of the enemy or be defeated by them on a daily basis. He wants to take you out. You have an enemy and he will stop at nothing. Listen, I look at my life and I don't choose to magnify the devil because the bible says we're to magnify the lord not to magnify the devil i don't obsess over the devil because he's defeated he's a loser uh, but i live in the knowledge not the fear but the knowledge that he will stop at nothing to ruin me and the life god has for me he wants to take me out he wants to take me away from god he wants to break apart the marriage of me and Kirsty that god has put together he wants to take my children to places they shouldn't go. He wants them in desperate situations. He wants me bankrupt. He wants me void of peace. He wants me in a position where, you know, ministry-wise, everything that we've done and haven't, he wants that crumbling and broken to the ground. He wants me to be in a place where I succumb. And I can just sit here and take the bullets, the fiery arrows, everything that the enemy throws. We can just sit here and think, oh, we'll be okay in our own strength. Or as we can believe and understand that, no, actually, God has equipped us with everything that we need. That this is a serious battle, but it's okay. We're already victorious. We already know the finishing story. We know that we already are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We know that this enemy is a loser, and he's trying to win a battle that he's already lost. We know all these things, not theoretically or picture form, but in the very real sense that Paul speaks about on a daily basis. We are victorious but only if you choose not to live in ignorance and you live in the power of the truth maybe it's time we stopped allowing the enemy to throw his fiery darts in a way that affects our, our body our spirit our soul and that we chose to be an active soldier 
that took up a shield of faith, that wore the shoes that Paul speaks about, and we responded knowing that we are already victorious. Let me just pray blessings over you as we finish tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these people watching this evening or listening to this later on. Father, I just pray that they would be inspired, challenged, and Lord, that they would be in a place where they know that they are victorious, that the enemy would stop lying to them. In fact, he's not going to do that, but they would understand that he is a liar. That every time he opens up his mouth, you said, Jesus, that he speaks his native language, which is the lie. Lord, help us not just to have faith, but to use faith. Help us to know that we are equipped with everything that we need. And Lord, I just speak a blessing over every single person watching or listening to this whenever they're doing that. Lord, may they be blessed in everything that they put their hand to. May they know that they are victorious, that they are overcomers in Christ Jesus, that they are more than conquerors. Jesus, we thank you that you have won the victory. And as true soldiers of Jesus, we now stand for ground that you have purchased for us. And not only that, but we advance for the kingdom of God to take new ground in the authority that you have given to us. In your mighty name we pray these things. Amen and amen. Hey, I hope that that's inspired you. Keep reading Ephesians chapter 6. You know, don't just let it be these studies, but keep soaking in the word of God. Keep reflecting, keep meditating on these things because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to reveal something into your life as well. Have a great week. Enjoy this lovely weather that we're experiencing.